Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good evening, good noon, good night, good day to all of you. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Steadfast Runners podcast, We're calling it the Steadcast. We are broadcasting to you live from a living room floor at the moment because the conservatory was too loud because it's raining and the sofa was too high up above the coffee table. <laughs> so here we are. Quick introduction of myself. My name is Kieran Clements. I'm the owner and head coach at Steadfast Runners and also do a bit of running myself. I think that might be the uh, understatement of the of the podcast <laughs> so far. It's not been a long time coming, so it's okay. <laughs> no, we're all of about a day and a half. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, I'll introduce myself as well. Uh, my name is Sam Wade. Uh, I am a good friend of Kieran's and a avid fun runner myself. Wouldn't call it anything more serious than that, but I know that Kieran's dabbled in telling me that I'm probably better than just a fun runner um, <laughs> which gives me uh, you know some sort of passport to be, <laughs> to be able to talk about running on a podcast um, and as it happens I'm also the first person that Kieran ever coached before the steadfast label was launched so I guess yes, it's kind indeed. of uh, I guess it's kind of appropriate for me to get involved in this as well <laughs> and Sam's being modest as well he's a sub five minute miler and is the self-proclaimed steadfast runners media manager there we go yeah yeah <laughs> basically I'm the only person with the equipment to help Kieran kind of put this podcast together but it also <laughs> does just so happen that he is the only person I know that has the equipment to record a podcast yeah. but we're not going to hold that against him no nevertheless it's uh, it's going to be a, a good fun a bit of learning for the two of us and, and obviously understanding how we can sort of turn this into something more regular that hopefully you lot as an audience will enjoy as much as Kieran and I hopefully are going to enjoy making it. Exactly. So we probably should at this point include a quick disclaimer. If we go off on one or ramble or it doesn't quite make sense, this is our first time. We are kind of just winging it. Hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully it's informative in some kind of way or interesting or funny or whatever you want to get out of it. But Sam, what are we going to be talking about today? Well, that's it. So yeah, I think it's perfectly okay to ramble on podcasts. Um, so the first ramblings really today, I think is really more of an introduction to you and to the whole idea of what Steadfast has kind of, I guess, been bubbling away to in, the, in your mind maybe. Um, and I think it's good for obviously people that maybe are being coached by you or maybe follow you on social media or even people that might find this that have never heard your name before but go oh well you're serious enough to you know create things around it you know it's, it's a good introduction to you to steadfast and what you kind of want it to be moving forward so really i want to maybe turn this into a bit of an interview to you obviously i know a good amount of your story but i dare say that i'll learn a few things today i'm sure you will yeah exactly so we'll kind of you know, get a bit of an understanding of maybe your story and maybe a few things that have stuck in your mind via running you know sort of your stories over the years and yeah just be exciting to uh, to learn a little bit more Cool. So, yeah, no, let's uh, let's get cracking then. <laughs> yeah, so so like I say, you know, we can, we can sort of take this back as far as you want, but really, I guess it's it's how how long is, have you been running is a good intro for most people. You know, we're both what twenty five now. Twenty five. Yeah, we're getting on. Yeah, yeah. So so twenty five. So obviously, in your twenty five years thus far, how many of those have have running been uh, a key part? So in terms of how long it's been a key part and I've been taking it seriously, it's been 10 years. I started taking running fairly serious when I was 15 years old, but I did run sort of cross countries and the 800 meters for the school and things like that from the age of ooh, however old you are in year seven, I think it's 11 or 12, something like that. Yeah, something like that. I, mm. You must have gone through the whole school, school sports day 
Yeah, so, that whole thing. Like, I'll go and run the 800 meters in cross country, but I hated it because I thought I was going to be a professional footballer. <laughs> pretty much every, well, not I'm not going to generalize every elite runner, but a lot of elite runners have this same story. I know a certain Mo Farah has a very similar story as well. Yeah, it's quite funny. He's a big Arsenal fan, isn't he? Huge Arsenal fan. Yeah, yeah so it's fine. Well, yeah, to be fair, though, I think, yeah, like I say, every, everyone can relate to that. I mean, I certainly remember back in my year seven or year eight sports day, I was the only person who put my hand up to run the 800, not because I knew... Oh, I didn't put my hand up. I was told <laughs> I was doing it. Uh, right, yeah. I mean, not that I knew anything about running an 800, but because I know that everyone else was, like, cowering away from it because everyone assumed that they were Usain Bolt on the straight. Yeah, <laughs> everyone assumed, yeah, I can definitely run a 10-second 100 metres. And then as soon as, as soon as you go further than 100 metres straight, everyone's puffed out and too scared to run any further. Well, also at that age, half a mile seems like a bloody marathon, so... Yeah, yeah, literally. Literally, but... Um, yeah, so it's it's interesting that you know everyone's kind of it, it amused me. I didn't know that about Mo Farah that he had that same kind of. Yeah, he wanted to play football. He didn't. He didn't really particularly like running. I, I don't know him very well particularly, but from what I've heard and stories and stuff, it seems like he never really liked running <laughs> until he sort of got to the level. Even when he was winning national championships and even international championships, things like that. It wasn't really until I think he started winning big championships and running big times that he really started to think like okay this is this is me i like this like i like this winning feeling yeah so that's interesting and then obviously bringing it back back around to you so you know the school sports day you know it's ever it's everyone gets everyone gets a medal type type of attitude and you know you don't i don't think you probably carried over too many memories from that um but talking about your history and running you know where was there must have been some point where you kind of went from you know, okay, I can run around a field or I can, you know, I'm always the one that's got the most breath left at the end of my football match to actually will, you know, we'll, we'll have a crack at going to a, on a, a running club or I'll have a crack at running yeah. a mile or, or whatever <laughs> that might be. You know, can you remember maybe where that was? Yes, very distinctly. Um, so I should actually say also for the record, I love running now. I'm a huge Keno for running. Um, I'm very different to my 14 year old self. Um, as I think most 25-year-olds hopefully should say they are. <laughs> um, so what happened for me to really get me sort of kick-started into taking it seriously and thinking, oh, hang on, like I've got a bit of talent here, was the way that the schools cross countries, at least in Suffolk, would work is you would go through a few rounds which would be sort of local schools racing each other. And then from that, you'd qualify to run for the Suffolk team at the national schools. And in the first round of one of those in year 10, so I think I was, yeah, 15 at the time and still just sort of doing football training, but I'd started to kind of fill out a little bit and get taller and I'd probably put on some weight because I wasn't training and that sort of thing. You know, when you're 13, 14 years old, you're an absolute stick and then you hit a point where you just fill out. So I had hit that point and I just didn't, win the race and it really annoyed me um so I just sort of went away after that race I think I finished 10th in that race when I was used to finishing about fourth or fifth or something in those races uh quite comfortably so I went away and I was like right I'm going to train really hard and I'm going to do better than 10th at the next one I don't want to get beaten again so this was before I really knew what training for running was so I'd just go out and I'd do you know, 5k or five miles or something like that, just sort of as hard as I could two, three times a week. But that seemed to be enough to get me into pretty good shape. I then came to the next county schools event, cross country again, 
and finished fourth and actually beat a lot of runners from one of the local club that were training quite hard and quite seriously. So the coach from there approached me and said, listen, like, you need to start training properly. Like, you've got some talent. Like, you need to stop playing football and take running kind of seriously. So the rest was uh, kind of history from there. I took his word for it and just thought, okay, well, yeah, I'm not getting anywhere with football. I'll give running a crack. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, it's if, if, you've ha- if you've got a proof of concept and somebody who's in the know comes up to you and says... That was that was good. Then exactly. That and <laughs> for anyone who knew or knows who my coach was at that time, it was a very controversial figure. Um, yeah. I'm sure we can touch on that in later episodes. Yeah, no, that's not for now. Yes, um, but keep, no. it, keep it about me. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the one who's most important here. Steadcast <laughs> <laughs> with the world's most modest host. Um, <laughs> exactly. But, but yeah, no, I mean that's that's interesting because already that kind of touches on a few different areas. I mean, one of the things I've got written on my notes here is is maybe when was the first significant victory you remember but it's interesting that maybe the thing the catalyst that kind of turned you from you know the kid that was playing football as a lot of kids do into maybe someone who realized they had a little bit more direction with running you know not necessarily a failure because I know what those big cross-country meetups are like hundreds of kids that go there oh yeah but you know a, a failure in your own mind to go from one place to another you know and to, and to actually drive you yeah just kind of kick-started that that fire almost that just yeah that motivation to go out and train and i think the essence of why i am a runner now is because i just don't like getting beat yeah it's- that's, <laughs> that's what started it all for me and it's yeah. different for lots of people and that's absolutely fine like if you want to run because you want to get in shape or because you want to be sort of the best you that you can run the quickest half marathon or marathon or whatever it is that you personally can and you don't mind if you get beaten by one person or a thousand people that's how, that's fine too. It's different people have different motivations. Yeah, it's like I say, is is it's interesting though that that moment. I mean, even though that's a ten year old moment, that it's kind of stuck in your head. And mm. I guess with running, one of the reasons that it's it's so relatable as a sport, even even if you you know, because a lot of people don't get it. I don't think certainly when you get to the pro end. But it's not like one of those games. It's not, you know, say cricket for example, has got an immensely complicated scoring system. If you don't know what's going on, <laughs> you know. Whereas at least with running it's the world's most simple concept isn't it if someone finishes ahead of you (laughs) they beat you fair and simple you know there's no technicalities on points there's no judges there's nothing like that no exactly so i guess it's it's quite you know it's a really easy thing to see if someone goes past you and you think oh i shouldn't have let that happen you know or or, i can't believe they did that i'm really annoyed you know it's not like oh i got done on points i can get it back next time it is it is quite literally that it is just yeah whoever crosses the line first they have beaten you (laughs) yeah it's it's sport in its most raw form and i think that's one of the things that really draws me and a lot of people to running is it's just it's you versus everybody else and the clock and you can't hide in running you can hide in a football match you can (laughs) yeah you can just be okay yeah i'm sent a defensive midfielder and I'm just going to amble around in front of the back four make a couple of tackles and not really do a lot yeah no offense to center defensive midfielders um Claude McAlealy we love you (laughs) (laughs) um no yeah no and you know what it's yeah it's a it's a really cool cool way to to do it and like I say I think the reason that maybe running reaches a lot of you know a a big audience in its you know like I say in its rawest form is because there is no yeah you don't and you don't need anything to do it as well isn't it you know a pair of shoes maybe (laughs) maybe not if you live in East Africa yeah well this is it you know and I mean even you know even hobbying things you know whether it's a you know whether you want to get into a creative side of things or whether you want to get into you know a sport side of things you know 
I'm thinking about things that I've done in my past. I mean, certainly like right now, we're set at a table with a bunch of equipment for what is essentially a, a hobby for me. But that's, you know, it takes a, lot to, a long time to get all this stuff. I think no, exactly. about when I played a lot more sport when I was in high school, you know, like I played a lot of hockey and, you know, a hockey stick and shin pads and bags. That's the one thing, you know, if you want to be a goalkeeper in that, you've got all the pads, you've got so much stuff to buy. Exactly. And running is relatively, you just need a new pair of shoes every, yeah. I'll, uh, do my plug for the shoe companies. New pair of shoes every 500 miles. <laughs> Got to keep them fresh. That's, that's <laughs> it. But yeah, you know, you essentially need a pair of shoes that's, and a yeah. pair of shorts. Like, yeah, there's, yeah there's exactly. Say you're, running, to... say you're running 50 miles a week. That's You need 100 quid every 10 weeks. That's not yeah. very much. No, it, uh, it's very easily. What was that, 300 pound a year? Something yeah. like, no, sorry, five, 500 pound a year? Yeah. It's and... not too bad. No, and it, well, it's a lot lot cheaper than some sports, isn't it? Where you, exactly. You know, burn, burn through equipment and... Um, and I would imagine um, most people listening to this probably aren't running 50 miles a week. It's probably closer to no. you know, 20 or so. Well, so yeah, well, they're probably... You guys get away with spending even less money. It's 250 quid a year for you guys. There probably you not even. The Steadcast practically saving you money on our very first episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Well, that money, that money they save, they can pay me to coach them. <laughs> <laughs> let's, not, let's not plug it too hard. This is, this is more about community. Hashtag advert. It, yeah, this is, this is more community than it no, is about... No, absolutely. It is absolutely. about you plugging yourself. How funny. Um... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, going back to what you said, though, it's, it's interesting to me because, you know, obviously kids and after school clubs and things like that, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, you see um, all the kids that you, know, you see out there, football club, yeah, they go do martial arts, they you know, do whatever. But mm-hmm. running is not something typically that you see kids doing that much. So not it's interesting. Not no. It's interesting to me that you said that you were that, you know, that you went out and you're doing five miles and things like that. It's, you know, even to have maybe the, the discipline of understanding a, a five, five K or five mile route. Like when I was, yeah, when I ran around as a kid, you know, I think my, the first run I really remember going out and I think admittedly I was probably about 15 as well. I didn't have a Scooby where I was going. Um, you know, I just sort of went out and ran around until I hurt. And then I sort of realized, well, I'm, I'm, you know, X amount of distance from home. I better run back. Um, yeah, no, exactly. And to be fair, actually, it was uh, it was my mum that showed me a nice little three mile route, <laughs> and to get to the three mile route from home was about a mile. So that's how I ended up doing five miles. Well, there you <laughs> go. That's, that's yeah, that's about as technical as it got for me. It was just the route that I knew to run on, um, and then just you know, if you're going to bother going out for a run, you're going to go and run hard at that time. At that age, you don't really have the understanding or the exposure, as I think a lot of people who just take up running for the first time don't really understand the concept of sort of easy running and polarization and intervals and even hill training things like that it's it's an alien concept to a lot of people no i agree i agree i mean even even to me as a as a relatively you know i don't want to say experience because i've not done any significant events in a long time but as somebody who runs a lot believes in the power of it and is perfectly happy to watch it and understand it even a lot of those terms now if you ask me to define them you know (laughs) I'd have trouble with that. Well, yeah, exactly. Without... Well, when I was training you, I would trick you into doing tempo runs by just sending you around Alton Water because your normal, your steady run pace on flat was fast enough. Yeah, Chuck yeah. in the hills of Alton Water, suddenly that effort becomes a tempo. It, it, yeah. I, I didn't tell you what you were doing. I just said, go and run a lap around this hilly reservoir. Yeah, well, there you go. And it's 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 interesting that, you know, like I said, it's how you can kind of work those towards you. And yeah, you say your mum accidentally, she tried to give you a three mile route. She accidentally gave you a five mile yeah, route. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> all those little tricks, tricks of the trade. Um, yeah. So, so I was going to sort of talk a little bit about kind of maybe your first memories whilst running. And then I've also got, like I said, on my notes about maybe the first time you 
experienced like a proper victory or like when you felt successful after a run we've obviously mm-hmm. said that maybe your catalyst to take it more seriously was it was a failure and then you came back and the next time you finished in a higher position can you maybe remember the next time after that where you felt you know that you'd you'd done yeah this is an achievement like wow i've run this and i've you know what i mean you get that buzz yeah, when you've run yeah, a yeah. good run oh definitely that so, fizz, don't you yeah yeah absolutely so i success came fairly quickly to me um after i started actually training properly so my first race that i ever did for the club my club at the time was ipswich harriers um just a local club um, and the coach that happened to recruit me was from there um so it was the suffolk championships county championship cross country under 15 boys uh don't know why it was called under 15 because i was 15 years old at the time but that's just the way age groups work um and yeah i won that one then after that was the south of england championships so it splits the country up into the south the midlands and the north and they each have their sort of i suppose you call it district championships i finished fourth in that and then eighth at the national and there's another championship that's called the inter-counties and what that is is it's a cross-country race between everyone each county sends a team from england ireland scotland wales oh sorry england northern ireland scotland wales and i was running for the suffolk team there and i was like yeah okay like top 10 would be a pretty good run like i came eighth in england so surely there's going to be a couple other people from scotland or wales or wherever else that might beat me or somebody that was behind me on the day that might come through and i ended up finishing second in that but i was leading up until the last like sort of 100 meters or so oh wow so yeah that was that was in march 20 2009 and i started running in december 2008 started taking it seriously so so yeah so yeah my rise to sort of the (laughs) my rise (laughs) (laughs) my like yeah my sort of it didn't take me long to start running quick and start being sort of one of the faster runners in the UK on cross country. Um, and at that time, like in that race, I think the only reason I didn't win is because I just didn't understand the concept of a sprint finish. I would just run until I had absolutely nothing left and just sort of limp my way into the finish, which I wish I could run like that now. (laughs) I'm not not brave enough to do that anymore, but yeah no that was that was cool right. getting that success quite quickly yeah no well i mean that's that's yeah that's that's kind of really quite exciting actually to you know to come out of that and to because especially when it's something that's new to you as well you know you're sort of functioning off that nervous energy but you know i think it is fair to say that even if you knew you're good you always maybe expect there's going to be someone who's you know they're like that kid that's been sculpted yeah. by their parents from day one like you are <laughs> going to be the speed demon and you know and you there's always like that exactly and i think i kind of i kind of thrived off having that kind of raw approach of like i don't really know what i'm doing here like i'm just out here training hard and just seeing what i can do yeah but you know it speaks volumes doesn't it if you're getting the results you're getting the results exactly and that's yeah that's what at the end of the day like you're a competitor if you're a runner like you want to beat the guy who's next to you it just so happened to me that there wasn't as many guys next to me as there are for maybe some of the guys that were further back in the pack and it's worth saying as well, there were guys that were miles behind me when I was a junior that are now miles ahead of me sort of running in like the Olympics and the World Championships and things like that, which is a strange concept. Cause it's sort of like, well, what were they doing then and what are they doing now? Um, it's just how athletes develop at different rates. I responded really well to the training quickly. And um, I suppose we'll touch on it a little bit more now is I didn't really continue that progression quite as quite as heavily in the next few years yeah 
Yeah, it's interesting. Well, talking about the next few years is kind of where I was going to suggest we go afterwards. Because so you know, so fifteen, you must be sort of coming out of high school, uh, and then you know, certainly when we must have been 15, 16, is probably when you and I first crossed paths. I think it's fair yes. to say that we definitely weren't closer until a couple of years later. Um, but, you know, even knowing kind of of you, and, and I have this really distinctive memory of us at sixth form together, and, you know, it was like a PE sports, something or other. I mean, basically, I had this... I know where you're going with this. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like we had, I had this vision of, you know, it was a couple of classes worth of kids out on the, uh, like, the sixth one we went to is quite fortunate it's got an actually decent quality running track proper 400 meters job rather than painted on grass and, and we got out into this and everyone like there was i remember hearing your name buzzing oh kieran's gonna do this kieran will do that. you know and i remember hearing that buzz and i think this you know it was just some you know non-competitive like 100 meter run or something like that and everyone just assumed that you're going to be this absolute animal on there and that's the first time i really remember hearing your name and relating it to running um mm-hmm. So really kind of coming out of high school, where where was the next step to that? You must have started to, you know, because obviously once you're in your 15s, 16s, when you can really start to train, you know, your muscles are growing and you're kind of in that point where you can, you know, y- you know your body can kind of go for it a little bit harder. Yeah. So yeah. Mo- moving on from like, you know, your 15 and your under 15 stuff, what was the, how did it progress after that? Yeah, so actually, I'm going back to the story that you were telling because that's actually a pretty good story. I remember <laughs> that day really, not really vividly, but like I, I remember it. So it was a 400 meter run that we were doing in PE, and there was another guy that went to Northgate called Adam Kelly. You remember Adam? Shout, shout out, out Adam. Yeah, shout <laughs> out Adam Kelly. You better listen to this now. <laughs> yeah, so he he was pretty good. He was a pretty good 200 meter runner. I think he had one of their school records or something for the 200. Oh, wow. Yeah, so everyone, so he was like, no, nah, I'm definitely going to beat you. Like, it's 400 <laughs> meters. Like, this is a sprint. You're a distance runner. So we had a little bit of kind of friendly competition, and we came to this 400. Bear in mind, I was in, like, Converse and, like, you know, those baggy, like, blue PE shorts that you could give them. <laughs> Classic. White polo shirt that doesn't quite fit. So yeah, like, yeah. we're not dressed to run fast, really. And I think we, he came with me through the 200. I was like, I've just got to make this hard and just try and drop him. He was right on my shoulder through 200. We must have gone through in like 27 or something like that. Yeah. And both just absolutely swam through the last 200. <laughs> but fortunately, my absolute swim brought me home in like 58, 59, something like that. And then Adam, I think, ran about like an 80. Which, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not slow. That's 520 pace for the mile, having gone off at sub four minute pace and <laughs> been hit by the old lactic snipers. Um but that, I think that kind of was a bit of a demonstration because everybody knew that I sort of ran a little bit, but nobody had ever seen me run. Yeah. And to see me sort of take down the school's like best runner who they who they knew and had seen at sports days for because I was new to Northgate. I moved from Hadley High School. Yeah, yeah. To Northgate Sick Form, whereas he had been there for the last five years or whatever the normal amount of time to go to high school is. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I think that was what made people sort of realize what I was doing and then it just so happened that shortly after that I kind of had another bit of a breakthrough that cross-country season um so I won the national cross-country I won the English schools cross-country and I was able to gain selection for the Great Britain junior team which yeah see, cool. see this is something again that if I think back to my first memories of kind of knowing who you were 
you know, because you hear about kids who run and kids play football or whatever, you saw that. But then as yeah, soon as you like, put it, like, there's that one con- famous kid who's in the Ipswich Academy for football. <laughs> yeah, you got it. And I, I can literally, I can, I can picture the person in my high school as well who that who that person was. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I remember all of that. And then I swear it was like a picture in the paper or a picture on Facebook or whatever it appears of you like in your GB tracksuit or something. Yeah. And am I right in thinking that you're like the GB team? They won a medal. We, Is that right? We won the whole thing. Yeah, we won the was, European cross country. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was um, it. The team did. I was, in that one, I placed, I actually can't remember. It was either eighth or ninth. I was top 10 either way. Yeah. Um, third British scorer uh, running an age, a uh, year younger than the top guys in the age group as well. So wow. yeah, I knew I had another crack at it the next year. So that was really fun, really exciting. Like being able to call myself an international runner. I'd run for England a few times before that, but what a lot of people don't know in running is there's a little bit of a difference between running for England and running for Great Britain. It's just a little bit harder to run for Great Britain uh, just because they do a few less competitions and uh, you've got the other guys from Scotland and Wales and Northern Ireland trying yeah. to make it as well. Um, but there's just a little bit more prestige in, an Eng- in a Great Britain vest than an England vest. Both are obviously incredible achievements. Yeah, it's definitely. Incredibly hard to get to that level. Yeah. But yeah, I was really the Great Britain one was something that really made a lot meant a lot to me. Yeah, whereabouts was that? Was that anywhere like <laughs> it was in Valenji in Slovenia? <laughs> oh wow, okay, yeah. That's, which that's Slovenia is a beautiful country, okay. by the way. Yeah, I've been to Slovenia. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've oh, been yeah, to, you have. Yeah. Been been to Bled and been to Ljubljana. Yeah, so Bled. there we go. Shout out Slovenia. Visit, <laughs> visit Slovenia if you can. Slovenia, better pay, pay us some money now as well. Steadcast sponsored by the nation of Slovenia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Um, how yeah how funny though that's i mean that's that's a remarkable set of stories though the fact that you've like i say it's all so clear and the fact that it all happened quite so quickly um yeah i mean this was all from starting running this all happened in a period of about three years i sort of rocketed to that near the top level yeah stayed there for a bit for a year or 18 months or two years and then yeah this was my sort of next step up to being sort of the best guy in the country yeah rather than one of the best which was really exciting i st- honestly i still look at back look back at this period in my life as the most successful running period in my life yeah relative I mean, to sort of where i was yeah no but i mean it, it's hugely exciting like i say you know certainly from where i remember kind of beginning to understand who you were like i said seeing you know a person who sat you know a couple of desks away from me all of a sudden like in a gb tracksuit so all of a sudden it's not like <laughs> hang on hang on you know what we I mean? should clarify i didn't wear the gb tracksuit to school yeah, no okay no that's, no, that's <laughs> important as in i'd say very it. important to clarify yeah, that no. kieran will admit to being keen not quite that keen um <laughs> but yeah so so you know seeing on facebook something the kid that's you know a couple of desks away from me and and thinking like oh my go because let's let's not forget this is in the build-up to 2012 because we were yeah we yeah yeah this was 2011 when all this was kicking off yeah so obviously as soon as you see somebody in a team gb tracksuit and you've got the olympics is you know eight six months away something like that all of a sudden you you start to really perk up and pay attention because the whole kind of buzz around sport is starting to increase a lot yeah, yeah exactly with the home games coming up exactly so um so that I, mean, was... I, I personally had no illusions that i might qualify for the olympics <laughs> i knew yeah. i was miles off but I wasn't going to say no to anyone who thought that I was going to be on that level. Oh, yeah. I just sort of let them quietly think it. Yeah, that's it. No, <laughs> well, no, well, at least, you know, that, it's all, they, they talk about sports psychology a lot, don't they? And exactly. If, if all of a sudden everyone else thinks you're better than you are, then you've, you've, you've won something mentally. Exactly. No, absolutely. Yeah. 
that's it. That's incredible. Um, yeah, like I said, I, you know, to, to be honest, I didn't actually know a huge amount of that story. I knew that you'd run European <laughs> championships, but to quite that level and quite that depth and how quickly yeah, it all came go. about, you know, I, I know obviously the tag run, you've been running 10 years, but to know that, you know, you had quite a lot of success pretty immediately in, in that sort of thing, you know, and you compare it to other kids going through, like say, football academies and things like that, you can be you know, you can be selected for your for your first team for any football club and still not play for a year, can't you? No, absolutely, you yeah. Know, spend the first couple of seasons on the bench, you might get put on the last five minutes of a game, you know, when, when you're <laughs> Yeah, all, but I was just, an, I was an instant starter. <laughs> this, this is it, you know, you, you're not put on, you're not put on in the last three minutes of injury time when you're already, you know, <laughs> 5-0 up. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So, so no, I mean, that's, that's yeah, it's a remarkable story to, uh, to actually have had it sort of laid out like that. A lot of um, football analogies going on right now. Uh, listeners, if you don't understand the football analogies or if you're listening from a part of the world where football just isn't a thing or you just don't like football, chuck us a comment of another sport that you want us to analyze. Yeah, <laughs> to there you go. Analogize? I don't, I don't really know what the word would be there. And It doesn't yeah, matter. To analyze. Analyze. That's the yeah, that's what Is it analyze? Because not analyzing it, we're just sort of referencing it. Yeah, no, it's fine. Either way. For context as well, I am not the biggest football fan in the world, so there's, they're going to run out to a point. We're, we're not going. This is not going to be the steadfast football podcast. I promise. Can we leave that? No, one to as Kieran? much as as much as I would like that, we should uh, <laughs> stick to running as much as we that's can. That's it. We'll leave that one to Kieran. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So then, and then certainly coming out of school, obviously, this is when you and I first got close. Is this holiday to Spain that we yes. went to? So Kieran and I kind of first got to know each other through a mutual friend. We all we were on holiday together. Uh, and uh, until that point, you know, I'd sort of known Kieran as a kid that ran around and things like that, not not knowing too much more. But then all of a sudden, I'm on the plane with him, and I thought, yeah, we better, better actually get to know each other. And, and obviously, yeah, got true. To, no, yeah, we'd, we'd only really interacted in just sort of the odd free period or lunch breaks or yeah. dare I say it, parties. Oh my god. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so that's kind of my memories. And then obviously, seeing you on holiday and things like that, and and obviously that was the part of your. Um, sort of career where, where a lot of things were changing obviously and there was this big build up to America yes, as well yes um, you know and that's obviously hugely exciting you know all of a sudden there's kids that's run for this and run for that and everyone else is going like oh yeah because let's be honest no one knows what you can do at the end of school nobody unless you're going to uni then yeah, yeah exactly yeah, but even yeah. I think it's fair to Although say even then it's, it's not quite exciting I think we had there was one person in our year group that was going to Cambridge or something like that and it was quite <laughs> exciting but everyone else like, oh, I'm going to Exeter yeah. no offence to Exeter exactly yeah, but, <laughs> going um, to UEA or something something like that but that's it you know i think it's fair to say that a lot of kids don't quite know what they're doing once they come out of school and they might have a path you know that's sort of cut out in the way of uni or way of getting a job yeah. or something like that but yours was really quite different because obviously we're we're in spain we're chatting away and all of a sudden it's like yeah i go to america once we get back <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah our little holiday was sort of my last hurrah before packing up and leaving the country for what was to be five years yeah. of university at iona college shout out iona uh, in New York, in yeah, the United States. Yeah, exactly. So I still, I, f I feel like I probably know a little bit of this, but I still don't know quite the whole story of how, you know, how I only came out of the blue. Um, mm -hmm. Because you know, for most people, when you look at unis, you look at the obvious ones, which are the ones that are as far away from your parents' house as possible, <laughs> the one that's as close to home as possible, and then maybe you scatter a couple in the middle. I think that's kind of the, yeah. the first thing. But well, what I managed to do is get the one that's as far away as possible, but as close to home as possible within the country that I had gone to. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. we were one of the places where we would go to do workouts called Davenport Park. Was literally just on the 
water. So yeah, I could have hopped in and swam home if I wanted to. Or a three thousand mile swim. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so so I like I say I remember you talking about this, but how did the whole? I guess I, I don't know. Do you because because you won a scholarship, weren't you? I was indeed. Yes. And, and obviously, you know, American uni is you know, vastly expensive. You know, quite frighteningly expensive. Yeah, I mean, we tried to work out at one point how much if i had had to pay for everything that i did out there like we're talking everything we're talking flights tuition food rent travel to races entry fees just pretty much everything that i ever got for free from my owner and i think it came out to something ridiculous like half a million dollars like absolutely ludicrous amounts of money yeah and obviously they didn't spend half a million dollars some of the stuff was just sort of oh you get your tuition for free that that doesn't cost them anything because they're getting 50 grand a semester from the normal students but that yeah but that's it you know it's it's crazy to think you know because i dare say there's probably kids on your course or you know kids that you interact with through your time there that you know have got probably rich parents that were forking out you know like you say this kind of money so the wealth in that part of the world is just ridiculous like if you have money then you have money yeah yeah, I, I do remember when I came to visit you once. I do remember seeing a McLaren drive down the <laughs> yeah. drive down on the on the way to like the you know there's like the sports field. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Off to one side. I do remember you've got that very nice uh, autumnal drive with all the trees and then some guy in his convertible McLaren absolutely caning it between speed bumps <laughs> and then slowing down to a stop, yeah. slowly going over the speed bumps Literally, to protect yeah. them bumpers and then absolutely caning it to the next one. That's it. So, oh, so I remember that. So. Um, so yeah, so to be able to avoid obviously half a million dollars worth of cost is, <laughs> is, is is very attractive. But but how does it come that you get selected for that? So is it is it purely based on performance? I imagine is the academic side of thing relevant at all? You know, because we might, yep. you know, I dare say that we've got you know, people that we know about in the running community. I certainly know I've met people at park runs that are you know pretty good runners and might be in that position themselves in a few years. Um, you know, and they're only like fifteen at the moment. How how did it come about that you got from your humble little house in Suffolk to all of a sudden being <laughs> thrown 3,000 miles away. Chucked the... over the pond into New York. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's a few different ways that you can get recruited into the NCAA. So NCAA is National Collegiate Athletics Association, something like that. That's just the name for the general governing body, which looks after all of the different schools and universities in the USA, and they all compete together. So... When you're competing, you're competing for the school only versus in the UK, you can compete. There's a club system, you compete unattached just for yourself. You compete for your school. There's tons of different options when you're at that age. In America, you compete for your uni and for your uni only. And same story in high school, which is why they kind of struggle a little bit post-collegiately, but we can talk about that another day. Yeah. Um. So what happened for me is I was sort of individually contacted by coaches and they reach out to you through whatever means they can get in touch so a lot of them use facebook a lot of them will sort of you'll get a message pop up and it'll be somebody being like hey kieran i'm from the university of blah 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 we've got blah 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 on our team and blah 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 facilities and we can offer you this that and the other and half of them you just in the nicest way possible, you just kind of ignore because you yeah. don't. You've never heard of the uni, or it's in the middle of nowhere. And like, <laughs> I didn't want to be going out to sort of the middle of nowhere. I wanted to go somewhere where I could also have like a good university experience. Yeah, running wasn't 
running was obviously my priority, but it wasn't the be all and end all. Yeah. I'll be honest, education wasn't really my priority. It was more, <laughs> it went running number one, fun number two, education number three. And <laughs> That's just, and I think you'll back me up on that. This is just sort of how I am as a person. Oh yeah, no, generally. Um, but value your education, kids. It is important. Yeah. I did come out of it with a degree in psychology, um, which I haven't used, but maybe I will at some point. I'm only 25. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So they recruited me. A lot of people would recruit me through Facebook and the ones that you'd sort of be interested in, you'd respond and be like, hi, like, blah, blah, blah. And you'd talk to them and they'd sort of try and sell you their program and what they had to offer. And you'd just sort of listen and be like, oh, okay, sounds good. And you'd be a bit intimidated and scared. Um, but eventually it gets to the stage where you'd have chats on the phone and you'd be sort of in regular contact. You'd tell the coach what you were doing in training. They'd tell you, sort of what the guys were doing, how race results had gone for them, because obviously the better they race, the more you want to go there, because you want to go to a good program that has Naturally. good runners. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, eventually, if you're lucky, they will pay for you to come out on a what they call a recruiting visit, which is basically they'll fly you over and you get 48 hours to visit that university. Right. A lot of people do a few of those. You get up to five. Okay, wow. So you can visit up to five different universities. So... What a lot of sort of the top British recruits will do is they'll go, they'll go to New York and they'll see Iona and they'll go to San Francisco and visit yeah. something like that. They'll go to Oregon and then they'll go to like, I don't know, New Mexico or something like that. And they'll just sort of do a little bit of a tour of America and then go home and then make their decision. But yeah. my decision was actually made when I went out to visit Iona. So shout out Iona for actually flying me out and letting me have the visit anyway. Yeah. Um, but I knew I was going there already uh, just because they were the program that made the most sense to me seem to have sort of the best atmosphere and the best sort of running and life balance. Yeah. Um, I just sort of, I quite, I liked their philosophy. I liked the, like sort of their training philosophy, what they're about, how they were going to coach me. Um, so that was my decision for them. Uh, that was how it worked personally for me, but it can work in a lot of different ways. I mean, you, there's nothing to stop young runners out there. If you're doing well and you think that you might have a chance at a scholarship, get in touch with the uni. Go on their websites, just Google the uni, go on their websites, find out who the head coach is and just ping an email. They will respond. It's their job to respond. Like, yeah. Their coaches, even if they don't think they've got anything to, you probably, most coaches don't want to talk about scholarships straight off the bat. They like to sort of get to know you and all of that sort of thing first. Like just introduce yourself, say I'm interested in coming to the States and just have conversations with coaches, figure out sort of what you want to do where you think will be the best fit for you and yeah just if you think it's a good idea to go out there or not because for some people it isn't yeah um i know plenty of athletes that went out there and developed and turned into really good runners i know plenty of athletes that turned, went out there and don't actually run anymore because wow. the system kind of burnt them out and the same story at home i know people who stayed at home and just got sort of caught up in the whole freshers culture and yeah partying and stuff like that that led to them picking up injuries and they just sort of they enjoyed that lifestyle more than they did running which is absolutely fine and yeah. that's probably the reason why they haven't reached their potential but no. who says that everyone has to reach their potential well this is it and then you've got the flip side of that of course as well which is athletes that thought no no i've got a good thing going here i'm going to stay at home i'm going to keep at it and they've just sort of continued that development and made it onto the top level well this is it and, and the thing is there's no correct path is there? no there's absolutely not, not. anything and um you know i yeah, this this isn't my this isn't my sort of uh, podcast at the moment. But one thing that I do have to say is that 
you know re- running kind of resonated a lot with me in america um of all places because from from my side of this story i new york was never a place that really like stood out to me as like one of those absolute like heavenly destinations yeah like does, actually we should we'll flip the interview a little bit and we will talk about because you came out to visit me a, a couple of times so this is it, it was yeah. it was so good it brought you back again well right so so my so let's, yeah let's talk about your sort of your Let's start with your first visit to New York. <laughs> well, I mean, we've got to, yeah, I mean, we'll keep it keep it relatively brief. Cause yeah, we're, yeah, we're tracking on a bit, but in, in terms of in terms of like my running relationship with New York, um, I, I have this really distinctive memory. So, like I said, New York was never one of these like highlight destinations for me. But you'd been out there a couple of years, and I seem to remember you saying to me that there was going to be this like opportune spot for me to come and visit where you know, it wasn't really heavy training and, you know, there'd be a decent amount of time to go and see the city and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I remember I remember that and obviously flew out there kind of not really knowing what to expect other than to see you at the other end. Um, and, yeah, so went to the, yeah, went to the airport, obviously met you there and then sort of I was immediately fired into New York City the next day and that was my first yes. day in <laughs> the city, you know. So obviously enormous amazing place if you've not been there if you you know if you've not been there it just has that massive sense of scale and for me I kind of went in there with this stubborn attitude of I won't let New York beat me and I won't become like every other teary-eyed person that comes back from New York and goes oh my goodness this is amazing (laughs) spoiler Um, alert he did that (laughs) but but here we go so my first night so basically I stayed a couple of nights with Kieran um, and then I did some of my own nights actually in the city and I remember the first night that I stayed I woke up and then the next morning I was actually probably about a 20 minute walk from Central Park where I was staying like the corner yeah of you're it. up in kind of Harlem weren't that's you? right yeah so right on the edge of that um but I guess you know a 20 minute walk is you know what an eight ten minute run something like that good pace, yeah, whatever so I thought right I had my run shoes with me I thought I'll, I'll go for a quick run around just because that's quite a good way to get to know the city and this is back in what 2015 and it's so clear in my mind, I could draw you a picture of it now, is that I was running through Central Park. Picture every one of those like 60 blocks it took to get there. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so I was like running around the park and there was this bit where it sort of, I went back up this, there was a longer straight bit of road and you know what it's like in Central Park, all these long, twisty, gorgeous yeah. roads and trees. And this was October, but I remember it was really hot October that first year. It was, oh, out. it's the perfect combination of nice weather, but still like autumnal and pretty. So yeah, yeah no, so, Central Park was a nice place to be. So it was that, like yeah. that. And I remember I was I was running through this part of Central Park and I was running up the corner of that and then I was going out onto like Riverside Park. So like on the west, it's like the west side highway yeah, yeah. at the bottom of the island. You go up and I remember yeah, that. Was, yeah, the cycle path. That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, so I was running up there and there was this like this real point where, yeah, I think it was, it might have even been something really cheesy, like some New York themed song came on my playlist or something I was listening to. Yeah. Just something like that. And this magical moment just kind of clicked where I was like, damn it, New York's beaten me. And at that point I've been totally sold on it thus far. There we go. You know, um, <laughs> and like I say, I attribute that memory to to running um so yeah just just a fun little one and then yeah and since and since going back so good he came back that that second trip probably has slightly less memory since it was my rest (laughs) week and we were going out quite a lot yeah that's it but the one thing that i do remember is that at the i think at the end of I can't remember, if it, but we definitely went out for a couple of runs together. Was it the first we, first time? Or the so the first time, time yeah, the, I remember. Of course, oh, no, I remember the running. No, flooded, the first time, yeah, yeah. The first time that you came and visited, we did a six-mile run together, and you stayed with it the whole 
damn time. Yeah. You Didn't got, I think it was six mi- six miles in just under 40 minutes. I want to say it was like 39, yeah. 50, something like some, that. Yeah, it was close, something yeah. like that. And 39, I think we, 49 sticks in my mind for some reason. That sounds about right. Maybe. I don't know. I, I could probably look through my training logs <laughs> and find the exact date and run that we did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the second time, and that was through the Nature Study Trail, which is, yeah, stunning. you remember it. It's, yeah, yeah it's stunning. beautiful. But it's fairly flat and fairly nice underfoot yeah yeah. and then the second time you came to visit i decided to take you on the hard trail oh yeah (laughs) and you got a bit dropped oh i got (laughs) dropped hard yeah um i think you just you weren't quite in as good a shape and we'd been i think we had probably gone out literally the night before as well so um yeah we did six or eight miles or something like that and I thought you'd got lost, actually, because I I got back and you hadn't got back yet, and I hadn't passed you on the way back. Well, I didn't know where I was going, so I think I just ended up running around all the nice houses and the and kicking all the autumnal leaves out of the way, and then (laughs) um, and then meeting up with you back back at home for yeah. So there you go. If you come on a run with me in a strange place and you get dropped, sorry, I'm not coming back for you. (laughs) No, no, relentless is a good word. Um, (laughs) So. Just for the record, Sam did roughly know where he was. <laughs> roughly, I'd been there before, so it's okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, out, outside of all of that, obviously, you know, America out there for five years. I mean, are there any like definitive? You know, before we move on, are there any definitive like running in America stories? Oh, NCAA cross country every right. year. Yeah, like, it just pick out gone then. Pick it out doesn't one get one. crazier than the NCAA cross country. It's <laughs> just it's like. For me, it's the best athletic event that I've ever been to. And I've been to some solid athletics events. Yeah. But nothing matches sort of the atmosphere, the passion, like the fans, how much you care personally. Like, geez, like that meant a lot to me every time I was sort of on that line running that race. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And, and like I say, um, yeah, American kind of high school and um, college sport culture is means unlike anything Huge. in the yeah. UK. No, it's, it's ridiculous. It's I crazy. mean, you have almost like a cult following yeah. wow. as a as a member of sort of the the Iona cross country team. I mean, we were good. We were we finished in the top ten every year that I ran for the team. My freshman year, I redshirted and we had a bit of a wobble, but we we won't talk about that. Fair um, yeah. But yeah, we finished. Where were we? I think we were sixth, eighth, fifth, and then tenth. Wow. In the four years that I ran at the NCAA cross country, which I I challenge you to find another team that has a record better than yeah. that. I mean, there's there's going to be very few, maybe sort of Colorado or BYU or something like that. Um, yeah, we were one of the better teams in the nation. So it meant just that much more that we had that sort of expectation and that, I, I don't want to say pressure, but yeah, that good record to maintain. Yeah, no, well, it's, yeah. and the thing is, you know, a lot of the time with they you know, runners and athletes high-end athletes enough often you kind of need a bit of pressure to to really function and perform properly so yeah definitely it's exciting. as long as you use it in the right way it's, well that's it it's, it's exciting that you managed to carry on and, and hold that kind of um you know that consistency for, exactly for and it's you and it's a refreshing change as well it not all being about you it being about the team yeah. the team was the most important thing if i won the race and the team finished last then it would have been a disaster <laughs> but if i had, if i finished last and the team won yeah. then it would have been a great day. Yeah. It's, and that's a strange concept as a runner. you're still part of a winning team. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But I guess that's just part of that psychological battle that you need to understand the dynamic, don't you? And yeah. It's okay to work. Interesting. Well, you know, certainly, you know, five years in America, there's going to be way too much to cover in. Oh, know, we're, we're going to have to do like an America episode or something. Yeah, something like that. So so that's obviously, you know, a, a huge chunk of your life that we've summarized there. Um, 
but certainly moving back from the US. Now, I kind of mm-hmm. remember, obviously, because you'd always been out in the US and we might, maybe actually only saw each other two or three times a year. I was only in England two or three times a year. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, but then obviously moving back from the US, uh, I didn't really know what to expect from you and wh- whether yeah. you'd go, whether you'd be back in Suffolk, whether you'd move around or, or what the case would be, whether you know, you'd just chip off and end up in some other part of the world. Um, but maybe just you know talk about kind of your journey you know, maybe from coming back from the US and maybe getting back into you know, the real, real world. Real life, yeah. Air quotes there for... <laughs> exactly, yeah. The real world for, you know, from, from coming back to America and then maybe to your current point now, you know, to kind of... Yeah, so I... Yeah. Steadfast. Yeah, so I got back from America in June or July, summer 2017. And honestly, it was like being dropped out of heaven and into purgatory. I had <laughs> no idea what I was doing absolutely not a clue i wasn't quite good enough to get kind of like sort of a pro contract for running um mostly because i got a bit of the old senioritis in my last year and uh just wasn't really training as hard taking running seriously i didn't think that i was sort of good enough to to pursue it on sort of a professional level which i kind of regret that now but at the same time i had a great time i had a lot of fun my senior year and i really made the most of my time that i had left in america so yeah, no regrets. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I wasn't good enough to run. I didn't really have a career focus that I wanted to go into. I was properly done with studying. Like I just didn't want to go back to uni or do a master's or anything like that. So I did what a lot of people do when they don't, what a lot of young people do when they don't really know what to do. And I took a shady sales job and moved to London. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> yeah. We've all, I think everybody's been there. Everybody's had to sort of, well, a lot of people have been there. A lot of people have had to sort of go through that process, uh, sort of come out of the other side and realize that like, I was making good money. Like I was good at it. I was making more than I could spend, but I just wasn't happy. Yeah. Just wasn't happy doing it. And I'd sort of really kind of struggled for sort of the motivation to really do anything yeah Uh, it just so happened that taking that job coincided with a big injury about a month or so into the job as well i broke my foot uh running the great south run yikes yeah uh stress fracture third metatarsal in my right foot so that was right okay no running for six to eight weeks Jeez. yeah (laughs) yeah um and to work nine to five and do the level of cross training that you need to maintain fitness with a stress fracture, I just wasn't willing to do. So I was sort of stuck in this place where I didn't want to train because I was working nine to five and I didn't want to work nine to five because I wanted to train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was about six, six, seven, eight weeks. I'm not sure I'd have to check my training diary how much time I took completely off, but I did maybe about four bike rides or something like that during that time. And that was the only real cross training I did. Maybe a little bit of core abs and that sort of thing. I was going out a lot, probably wasn't eating particularly well, was working a lot. And it just sort of got to a point once I was able to get back running, I could not wait to start running again. Like wow. I, once sort of I'd waited a appropriate amount of time or a sensible amount of time i had to stop myself after like three weeks i was like oh there's no, not really much pain in my foot i just go out and run i had to be like no like yeah. let it heal don't <laughs> re-snap your foot in half and be out for another six weeks or so um but yeah i just really enjoyed getting back into running and running sort of became the thing that i did to distract myself from hating work yeah no it's very real very so real yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> so real. But yeah, no, this was this was in the winter of um, 2018, so December 2017, January 2018, uh, last year. And yeah, I was just sort of building up the running and getting back into full training and things like that and really enjoying it. But I wasn't able to perform at the level that I wanted to because I was doing so much work and because the work I was doing was stressful. Um, I just found myself, I could hit tons of, I could do all the mileage in the world. I worked myself up to being able to run 100 miles a week with a nine to five job. But I just couldn't hit the paces that I wanted to hit in my specific sessions. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, some people will say it's because because you were doing too much mileage. But high mileage is something that I feel like I need to get myself aerobically on the level. Yeah. That I need to be to perform at race distance. So, well, you hate all you mileage haters. <laughs> Sorry, but <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So I just, I wasn't able to perform and. Similar story to what got me started in running. It was a disastrous way, race. It was a disastrous race that caused me to then quit my job and start running full time. Uh, I ran 30, 15 or something like that for the 10K at the Brighton Marathon 10K, which yeah. is a notoriously fast course. And I couldn't even break 30 on this course. Yeah. Bearing in mind, my PB now is 28.30. Wow. Um, and I couldn't break 30 minutes. I was a minute and a half slower than where I feel I felt that my potential was yeah so I just sort of the next I think it was literally literally the next day or I I had that Monday off work the race was on a Sunday the Tuesday I went in and handed in my notice wow yeah I didn't Uh, didn't realize it was quite oh yeah 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 Yeah. um I was still on probation at the time because I'd only been there for (laughs) <laughs> so here's a little anecdote about how crap the company was that i was working for we can let's, put let's a beep over that names, yeah, we're not going to say the name names. of the company yeah yeah but they hired 10 of us right yeah by that time there was only four of us left oh wow i was one of the four we'd been there for eight months and were still on probation yeah that's a bit so that i mean that really worked in my favor they should have hired us after six months yeah, if they were gonna, say, yeah. or at least one probation extension but either way, politics, business, all of that stuff, oh, yeah. that company, behind things, you. things that I can't say on the radio. Yeah, no, behind, <laughs> behind podcast, you is, yeah, behind yeah, me, yeah. They're they are they are now very much behind me, and I almost want to thank them for being so rubbish that it got me back into <laughs> running because yeah. there was a time when I thought maybe I was done with the sport. Um, wow. But yeah, after that, I committed full time to training. Uh, had a really good few weeks and then came out and ran 14 flat for 5k at the Ipswich 5k. Yeah, nice. Which that was uh, not a breakthrough because I'd run sub 14 for the 5k before, but running on the roads around Ipswich in my hometown, running a fast time like that was a real confidence booster for me. Yeah, and, and I think that's what it did most for me. And I think especially if you've had a run race, whatever, where you've felt like you've fallen so far behind you know it seems yeah, exactly. like an enormous mountains climb back up and, and you know not that i compete or anything like that but i even know that if i'm at a park run for example on a saturday morning and i know that a couple of saturdays ago i hit a target and you know, i broke 20 minutes or whatever it is that i want to do you know you know what it's like if you then come away from that and you have a really rough run the next time you go, oh my god that felt impossible and i ran 22 <laughs> exactly. minutes or something like that you know it feels horrible but it's so motivating yeah failure is honestly one of the biggest motivators and it kind of sucks because yeah. it would be great if success was sort of 
easy. the biggest <laughs> moment. Well, easy, yeah, it'd be great if success yeah. was easy, but then, yeah, we'd all be running. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it'd be great if success was like, okay, I've had this success, like, I'm ready to really kind of go at it rather than sort of, oh, yeah, I won this race, like, I'm awesome, let's just keep doing what we're doing. And you tend to get a little bit lazy. But, um, yeah, but failure sort of in that race motivated me to then go on and run well at Ipswich, which then led me to run my 10K PB of yeah. 28.37 a week later. Wow. Um, and that just led into a good, a really good track season. Uh, I won some fairly good races, competed fairly well at some other ones. And yeah, it was just sort of a springboard into life as a, in inverted commas, pro athlete. Yeah. Um, so from that, from the back of that, I picked up a couple of bits of support. Um, I signed with Run Fast Sports Agency. Uh, so they now look after me with sort of getting me into races, getting me prize money, you getting paid to do all sorts of things, helping with sponsors and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and being sent kit by Adidas, shout out Adidas, being sent nutrition and supplements and things by Morton, shout out Morton. Um, and yeah, like it's all rather, rather smooth, like running on a really relatively good level. Um, but it just sort of got to a point where it wasn't quite enough for me, which is where Steadfast comes in. Yeah, and that's Well, to be fair, I mean, I don't know anything about how to be a professional runner. Um, <laughs> but the one thing that I would imagine is it's very difficult to transition from, you know, being good at it to being paid enough that you can survive on it straight away. It's so, very difficult. <laughs> so, you know, not only is there obviously your experience, but, you know, man's got to eat, essentially. <laughs> so... Yeah, so I imagine and that, that was some of the motivation maybe to, to get you towards you know, starting this up and maybe where you want to go forward with it. Yeah, absolutely. That was, I mean, I can't, I can't like, I can't pretend that wasn't some of the motivation. Otherwise I'd be doing this for free. Um, but it was partially that. And also just, I felt like there were a lot of coaches and just amateur runners taking up the sport. And especially, I'm not going to go off on one at the moment, but influencers that are just advocating unhealthy training methods and just sort of the wrong methods of training for people to get the most out of themselves and I just sort of saw that as like I have all of this knowledge and all of this experience that I'm just sort of keeping to myself and sort of using I'm coaching myself and I'm doing fairly well as well so clearly I have the ability to do this and then I coached you for a bit and that was sort of something that really hit home to me like oh wow like I can take Sam just my mate from just a guy that I know yeah. that I went to school with to a sub five minute miler, like, geez, like maybe this is something that I'm kind of good at. Yeah. Um, and from there, the idea just sort of spiraled until uh, April this year. I started, uh, well, I started Steadfast Runners um, yeah. and started coaching a few people. There's, I've got a good amount of runners now that I really enjoy sort of coaching, staying in touch with and helping them out, helping them achieve their goals. And honestly, when they achieve a goal that they want to run or they run a PB or something like that, it is genuinely the same feeling as when I do it, yeah, which is great. Cool. I love that. Well, I mean, I certainly know, you know, obviously from, you know, to, to talk about my experience again. Exactly. Yeah, of, yeah, exactly. You know how good it feels <laughs> when you run fast. Yeah, maybe being that first success story is I think I'm listed on your yeah. website is, um, you know, and, and there's there's a, there's a big 12 minute long video on my YouTube channel for anyone who wants to really kind of get into this story. But, you know, I basically got to this point where I built up to running my sub five minute mile. I ran it eventually in terrible conditions and it was quite theatrical, but um, it but, was. But just 
you know, bawling over that finish line and knowing all, you know, about three seconds later when you go, yeah. yeah <laughs> well, yeah, you can it. see you can see on the video, I celebrate a hell of a lot more than Sam does. It yeah. might be something to do with fatigue. Yeah. But. but no, it was enormously exciting. And just like I say, it's great to see the excitement from you as well. Um, so yeah, it's amazing. And, and yeah, it's brilliant to have kind of seen that, you know, your, I guess, you know, your stable, your, you know, your platform, whatever you want to call it has, has been so successful so quickly. And that's something that, you know, hopefully we can, you know, begin to contribute more media to hopefully get more of the people involved in it. And just really, you know, a lot of this thing, I think it's fair to say is it's all about community ultimately, isn't it? You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's about sort of, yeah, creating a like-minded community. Yeah people that all really enjoy running and want to get the most out of themselves in running. And I'm just sort of, my role is to kind of facilitate that and provide some guidance to these people that just otherwise wouldn't really, some would know what they were doing. Some just need sort of a bit of accountability to say, this is what you've got to do this week. Some people come to me and they think, and they say sort of, yeah, well, I've just been running two to three times a week and I don't understand why I'm not running a fast marathon. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) And it's, sort of you have to say well you need to do this this and this and yeah. or somebody perhaps is they've got a hectic work schedule and they're sort of thinking well i don't have time in the day to fit in running yeah. where fair enough in the world there may be some people that do not have an hour in their day to fit running yeah. in but i would wager 99.9999999 percent <laughs> of people in the world have an hour a day and that's all I ask if I'm coaching you, just commit one yeah. hour, one hour a day, five to six days a week, maybe like two or three if you're only just starting off, yeah. but one hour a day just to doing running stuff. It doesn't all have to be running. Yeah. And that, that's one of the important things as well is there's more than just running involved in running. It sounds stupid to say, but it's yeah. so true. There's no, you've definitely. Got, you know, your stretching, your recovery, your strength and conditioning even the mental side of it is a huge aspect yeah fantastic yeah so really i mean i think that's that's kind of said as much as we really want to say on this first episode i, I just want to kind of close things off obviously by thanking you for getting involved in this for the first time uh, and just finally just let everyone know what you've got going on and maybe we can you know get you guys involved get some questions and things so if you yeah, just close absolutely. off by maybe just letting people know how we can get in touch with you and and yeah saying goodbye so that's it from me i'll let kieran do his thing and uh, we'll i guess see you again on the next uh, next edition all right cheers sam thanks uh thanks massively as well to sam wade uh we're going to call him the steadfast social media manager um we'll give him that little title uh so what's next for me personally in running is i've had a little break after the end of my track season i won the card of 10k last weekend and then i've taken a week off and i'm now currently very unfit um but what I'm going to be building towards is a couple of cross-country races, a 10K race on New Year's Eve in France, where I'd like to run very quick, and then potentially Houston Half Marathon in Houston, Texas, which I would like to use as a qualifier for the World Half Marathon. Now that I've put that out there and it's out in the world for everybody to hear, I kind of have to do it. So thank you, listeners, for holding me accountable. Um, so that's what's next for me in running. What's going on at the moment with sort of steadfast runners and the running community is we've got people racing sort of all the time, all the way from we've got a guy trying to break five minutes in the mile and we've got a couple of women that are running marathons. So we've got everything going on all the way from the 5K all the way up to the marathon. Would be kind of cool to get some ultra runners involved. So ultra runners, get in touch. The ways that you can get in touch, we've got an Instagram page, which is just at steadfast runners. 
Facebook page. If you search Steadfast Runners into Facebook, you should see you should come up with it there. And if you go on our website, www.steadfastrunners.com, the website has got sort of all of the information that you need to know about the company. It's got links to sort of different blogs and bits of training advice and that sort of thing. And um, yeah, no, that's that's what we've got going on. That's how to get in touch. Um, we've obviously got the podcast as well, which Sam is going to link. And uh, yeah, not, to be honest, I'm not sure how to wrap this up, but <laughs> but I need to because we've been dragging on for Christ knows how long now. I haven't actually had a look at the clock, but thank you very much for tuning in. If you have any questions, be sure to send them in. You can comment or you can get in touch with me personally and we'll make sure to address all of those in the next episode. And thanks very much for listening. 